1: Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is having an amazing day today. That's right. It is Tuesday, March 28th, and I hope you all are ready for this because today is National Weed Day, National Weed Appreciation Day. Now, granted, they're not talking about the weed that we all know and love. They're talking about all that pollen that's sprayed from all the weeds across the country. But nonetheless, we're going to appreciate the weed today. And it's also National Black Forest Cake Day, National Something on a Stick Day, National Triglycerides Day, and American Diabetes Association Alert Day. And thank you all for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top hand portion of your screen. To find out where we live on the internet and we're live every monday through friday on youtube and audio only on clubhouse and if you are joining us in clubhouse you can comment on the show on the on the story most recently presented if you choose to raise your hand but coming up first that's right we have the fierce fiery redhead that loves to tell everybody about themselves She also loves to tell her dogs about themselves when she dresses them up in clown outfits and commits an animal cruelty. That's right. It is the redheaded conservative herself. That's right. It's Gretchen Gailey.
2: I'll have you know that my babies enjoy those words of affirmation when they are going into their pajamas to keep warm and snuggle. They're awesome. Don't hate Jason just because you don't have any pajamas yourself.
1: I don't. I don't wear pajamas.
2: Uh, we need to get you a pair.
1: Uh, I'm still not going to wear them. Maybe
2: some Hyatt 9 pajamas.
1: Ooh, a onesie.
2: I could see that. <laughs> my
1: What? I would wear the Hyatt 9 news, news onesie to the nightclub.
2: Yikes. That's a thought I can't get out of my head. All right. My headline is coming from MJ Biz Daily. The Justice Department could help marijuana industry via Cole Memo 2.0 or hurt reform. A, as federal hey, marijuana, marijuana inches forward in a Congress paralyzed by partisan gridlock, more immediate progress might have to come for the Biden administration. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland's Department of Justice might approach the thorny issue of cannabis banking when his office revisits its approach towards the state legal but federally prohibited marijuana industry. A friendly or at least hands-off Justice Department would be welcome news to marijuana businesses frustrated and exhausted with inaction in Congress, where bipartisan reform bills such as the Safe Banking Act remain stalled. However, a policy memo by itself, much like the landmark 2013 coal memo, is unlikely to convince more banks to offer basic services to marijuana businesses, several observers have said. And such a document, dubbed by some insiders as a coal memo 2.0, could even backfire. Pro-cannabis GOP lawmakers and lobbyists attempting to win necessary conservative support for marijuana reform in Congress fear that unilateral action, though consistent with President Joe Biden's MJ rescheduling review and low-level federal pardons, could turn off congressional Republicans. That in turn would make it more difficult to pass major reform legislation such as cannabis banking and removing marijuana from Schedule I of the Controlled Substances Act. I'm happy that both Congress and the administration are being, are beginning to look more seriously at the need for federal cannabis reform. Uh, that's according to U.S. Rep. Dave Joyce, uh, Ohio Republican and lead sponsor of marijuana reform. However, it would be most helpful if both branches worked in coordination as opposed to unilaterally. He added that lawmakers need answers from the agencies and the agencies need more direction from Congress. The Biden, now I'm going to jump around a lot. The Biden administration, uh, DOJ has been examining marijuana policy since at least last year, uh, Garland said during a March 1st congressional oversight hearing. Within the department, we are still working on marijuana policy. That will be very close to what was done with the Cole memorandum. Uh, And this is what Garland told to U.S. Senator Cory Booker. Uh, Neither Booker nor DOJ responded to MJ Bizdaily's request for comment. It's unclear when the DOJ might reevaluate its stance on the continuing conflict between federal drug laws and the legal medical and adult use marijuana businesses operating in 39 states. But several sources said they expect the Justice Department to move this year on so-called Cole Memo 2.0. Though some marijuana business interests would welcome a new Coal Memo, its long-term value is debatable. It would not respond cannabis, and so it would not fix the marijuana industry's ongoing headache over Section 280E of the IRS Code, which prohibits businesses from deducting typical business expenses on their federal tax returns. It's also unlikely that unlike the document would encourage more banks to serve cannabis businesses, according to Washington lobbies for both banks and marijuana interests. Banks being much more risk-averse than folks in the cannabis industry or even state governments are going to need much more than just a regurgitation of guidance from either the Treasury Department or DOJ, uh, according to Morgan Fox, political director for Normal. They're going to need to see something in law before they really start getting involved. Also, an activist uh, Biden Justice Department could fuel more investigations from a GOP-controlled House of Representatives, while also giving Republican senators pause if and Wednesday banking is again introduced in the state. It would also create what amount to a false dawn. Andrew Friedman, the executive director of the Coalition for Cannabis Policy, Education, and Reform, a Washington, D.C.-based lobby, whose members include cannabis-involved liquor and tobacco conglomerates, called a new coal memo a double-edged sword that could do more harm than good. It's possible that some cannabis business interests overstated to their investors or to other interests when federal legalization might be coming. For them, a DOJ memo might offer brief cover, but only in the short term. This is ultimately now just a question for Congress. Everything else we do around the rescheduling debate just gives a lot of false hope. Uh, I would agree with all these folks. Um, Frankly, I think another Cole Memo 2.0 would just be a waste of time. But we know that's what Joe Biden likes to do when it comes to the cannabis industry, is just waste everybody's time. Uh, So who knows? Maybe it'll come back around. Uh, but I think if they waste their time with this, it is just kicking the can down the road. Congress will look at this as another opportunity to say, Oh, they're handling it over there, F it, we're not getting involved. Uh, I think another call memo is just stupid. This is Gretchen for Hyatt Nine News.
1: <laughs> Gretchen, I totally agree with you on this that another call memo would be totally stupid and a total waste of time, a total waste of taxpayer funds, and actually does absolutely nothing. For the cannabis industry. I wish everyone in the cannabis industry understood that because they all love to cry and whine whenever coal memo, whatever is rescinded or whatnot. They all like to act like it's the end of the world. But the reality is the coal memo doesn't do anything. The only thing you can do with it is a piece of paper. So whatever you can do with a piece of paper is the only thing that you can do with a coal
0: memo. Well, the Cole memo was supposed to, you know, end funding for the DEA no, to bust. No, 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 and no. no and, nope. That is a total
1: misconception. That is a total misconception. The what what ends the funding is the Rohrabacher Farm Amendment, now known as McClintock uh and uh McClintock and Blumenhauer, which is the federal uh, spending bill that prohibits DOJ and DEA from extrapolating funds to go after state-licensed cannabis businesses. The coal memo is not. The coal memo was put in by the Obama administration to just say, hey, all you DEA agents and everything, we suggest that you guys don't do anything yeah. to weed people. That's exactly. Like, no, that's it's not what directive. it was. All right, slow down. Slow now. down,
2: Jason Beck. Let me clarify. You are correct that Rohrabacher Far is what said... Correct. You, the DEA, gotcha. cannot go in and mess around with medical states. Not all states. And it covers all states. states.
1: I will argue that 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 yada,
2: yada, yada, I got it. to be made know, so broadly. Know. Let me. And it covers all statement. of that. Man, you love to talk. Hush. Number truth. the Cole memo. What it did, Todd, was it gave Attorney Generals covers to not prosecute people, and it also gave guidelines to banks on how to work with businesses if they wanted to. That's it. That's what the Cole Memo did.
0: So, so at this point, you know, we're ten years into twelve years into legalization. At what point do the banks say, okay, this is okay to bank? Once we get safe banking plus passed. Some of them
3: do.
2: Well, I don't even know if safe banking is really gonna matter. I think it's gonna you're gonna need real legalization for banks to totally feel risk averse. Uh, Saman is completely correct, and over 400 banks are banking in the canvas space at this time. Many of them are state chartered, they're credit unions, they're not the big boys. Uh, but do we really care about the big boys? What we care about when it comes to safe banking is getting rid of all the predatory bullshit mm-hmm. um, and the high fees and things that are associated with. That's
3: banking. that's exactly right. Like we're prey right now. I mean, we're prey for everyone to pick apart, and that's what's really you know tragic for our industry. Um, but it's good news because they know, they're, they're, they're seeing the generation power of cannabis. And so as a commerce uh, tool, you know, it's like, let's just, let's just make this happen already so that we can actually, you know, apply for some of these small business loans that other businesses can, can get and are, um, you, know, um, you know, they're able to, uh, to kind of apply for. Us, as we all know, we have to either, you know, perjure ourselves and lie to these people, which can come back to bite everyone in the ass, or we just have to sit there and just bootstrap it. So I know there's a lot of lot of legacy people out there that have been doing it. So keep fighting, guys. Just keep uh, just keep going because it'll it'll happen one day soon. Hopefully,
2: I think that the cold memo, the original cold memo in 2013, achieved what it set out to do, what? which was easy killer. It was to build confidence. In these state markets, so they could start to operate, businesses could say, all right, I'm not going to immediately go to jail. I could go to jail, but I'm not, in theory, immediately going to jail. Uh, And so that has been achieved. I mean, cannabis is legalized now in 39 states. To bring back the Cole Memo is just silly. It's ridiculous. Um, And it's going to do nothing. You want to see real reform in the industry, you need to actually start passing real legislation and get some laws on the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, not some just paper memos.
3: Give that a clap. Give that a clap. Oh my word!
4: He's right. It's a memo. It's not even exactly nothing. No teeth.
1: No teeth behind it. Like I said, it's just a piece of paper. And you know what pieces of paper are good for that aren't money? Rolling joints. No. No, no, no! Your ass. Exactly, exactly right, Nicole. That's all it's good for. Nicole, I we can't have to make One hundred percent. Nicole <laughs> took the bait. She's about that life. You know,
3: you know it's fraudsterness when. I it. say,
4: save the trees.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I say, smoke the trees. I don't know. There you <laughs> go. There you go.
0: Yeah, I'm with that. Burn them all down. All the trees.
1: <laughs> Look,
0: the the banks that currently bank, you know, marijuana businesses like mine still does not accept cash, right? Uh, For me to send a wire or to receive a wire, I have to turn in 400 pieces of paper with 19 approvals, and it really is a pain in the ass. So until a bank can accept cash, uh, you know, as a deposit, uh, then there really is very little banking available to the cannabis businesses. Yep.
1: Very true, very very true, Todd. I'm 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 with you guys on this. The call memo is trash, and for any of these uh, people to do anything about it, you know. But All we, right. we, we got to go to a quick commercial. We're gonna be right back. A commercial. Mm-hmm. Ads.
3: How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. All
2: righty. Well, that brings us to everyone's favorite dog pajama hater. Uh, calls himself <laughs> the highest Republican. It is some BS, but he thinks he's in charge. It's we'll pretend for 10 it's in true. his cute little it's golden true. castle that he loves to mirror his a uh, Trump lover, uh, everyone's favorite, Jason Beck.
1: What do you got for us? Oh yeah, that's right. Live from Mar-a-Lago, Gretchen. You know what time it is over here. But today, you guys. Oh boy, do I have I have a follow-up story actually for you for you guys today. There was an update. Do you remember last week when I covered that burnt-out van filled with butane weed? <laughs> and I and I said and I said I said I bet you this started. Because the driver was like driving and getting high and fucking wanted to smoke a blunt. And so he lit a blunt and that sparked the fire. Do you remember that? Well, I'll tell you what. My shit's coming true. Because a burnt out van filled with marijuana left in a residential Santa Rosa street, everybody. That's right. Concerned and confused residents of a Santa Rosa neighborhood have a lot of questions about a burnt out van that ended up parked on their street, filled with butane, stepped-on marijuana. That's right. On March 14th, there was an explosion and a fire that erupted from the van, triggering emergency calls to the southbound Highway 101 uh, on-ramp from 3rd Street. Fire and police responded, and firefighters put out the flames, and inside the vehicle, police discovered several 55-gallon bags of marijuana shakes soaked in butane, fire officials said. The driver of the van suffered burns and was taken to a hospital for treatment, and police said that their preliminary investigation revealed that the driver had lit a cigarette in the van, which triggered the accidental explosion and fire. Cigarettes are just disgusting. But nonetheless, last week, residents near Boyd Street and Briar Bush Way, less than a mile away from the van fire, noticed the vehicle parked in their neighborhood. On Monday, KTVU visited the location and found the parked van there with the back doors open and marijuana overflowing out of the ruptured garbage bags, some spilling into the streets. The van was parked near Boyd Street and Briar Bush Way in Santa Rosa, California, and the vehicle was tagged with a bright red sign that reads, Notice of Intent to Debate from the city of Santa Rosa the notice was dated Sunday and in the notes it read marijuana in van previously burnt I guess that's a message for the homeless people to not smoke this weed but who knows neighbors we spoke with said that the vehicle had been there for several days and said there was no evidence that it was being monitored by police in an email, the KTVU resident David Faberini said that the vehicle had been at the location for at least three days and that police were not responding to his calls to report the van at the location. The in a quote, the question we have is how did this vehicle even get released back to the owner? From the previous incident, Fabrini asked, and KTVU reached out to police who said that someone was likely able to retrieve the van after it had been impounded and left the vehicle at that location. They said officers have attempted to contact the van's owner without any success, which led to the city tagging the vehicle police said the tagged van was expected to be towed back to impound within 72 hours and as for the driver of the van investigators said he has since been released from the hospital and that he was not facing any criminal charges well i just have still have all kinds of questions about this but i want to see what you guys have to say and this is jason beck reporting for the high at nine news hour what do y'all think how bummed was
0: the towing company that all that weed was gone by the time they got the van? <laughs> <laughs> the weed is still I sitting mean, in the van, Todd. It's still in there.
4: Nobody <laughs> wants tough. to smoke butane um, douse weed. That is
1: not true. That is not true, Nicole. I have seen homeless oh. people rummage through dumpsters looking for for this type of smoke before. And so that is not true. There
0: is someone that does want to smoke like
4: it. A Look in the back that of sounds my sounds so the, miserable.
0: Yeah, in our laboratory, they're, they're we we throw away yeah, you know, we throw away weed, you know, used weed all the time. We even autoclave it. And people still go through our dumpsters wow. looking for a little piece of something, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's got, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of you know, uh, they don't care uh, chemicals exactly. on it. No, they don't care. They're already they don't homeless. Care. You think they care? <laughs> they don't care. Exactly. Yeah. I literally have to keep my dumpsters inside my uh my warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh so people You're talking worry. about
3: an analytical lab, right? I um, am. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you're I mean, yeah, we're talking about no, like we're talking about like operators that are throwing away like you know metric tons a week and these fools are in these dumpsters going no in or these not things. Oh, no, i'm talking about
1: at my dispensary in west hollywood oh i'm yeah. talking
3: about i'm talking about at like a manufacturing or whatever like where they, they, they don't they process.
1: don't care what the place is Simon they're they trying to care. get the weed to smoke it jason, because it's jason, in there they want to smoke for free
3: yeah jason right. you're not throwing away butane hash laden how, how do you know i'm
1: throwing away butane hash in my transfer Can before not
3: not butane hash, but the the flower. I mean, I don't know. Okay, we're not we're not getting into all that. All right, (laughs) we're not getting into all that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, my my whole point was (laughs) they'll (laughs) take anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, our weed has methanol in it and ethanol in it, and you know, acetonitrile and all kinds of shit. So we always you know autoclave everything to actually render it useless and to get rid of all of the microbiology that is found on there too. But they still take it. It's uh, it's just amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you know what they say: when you're poor, you'll smoke the spores. I guess. I
1: Is that That's what right. they say, Simone?
3: That's what they say. That's I
1: guess I've say. never been poor then, because I've never heard that before.
3: Well, I mean, it's you haven't, terrible. Jason. You're look at you. Look at you. Where you're at, Jason. You're in the luxurious mar yeah. think You're, you're the uh, you're the epitome of opulence, my friend. Well, we already we already knew that from the beginning. <laughs> All right, moving
1: on. Hold on. What do you think about this, Gretchen? What do you think about this? I'm surprised they haven't towed this van already, and I'm surprised that they left it unattended with the doors open for just anyone just to go and rummage. I'm, I'm surprised that there aren't kids in the street that are taking all these clippings and throwing them up like it like it's fall and just like making leaf piles with it. I figure it's
2: just <laughs> some indoor booth like you sell, Jason, and so that's why they don't care about it. <laughs> no, Shots fired. Shots and it, fired. It, it is
1: indoor boot because it's already been ran it's like it's not you know what i mean it's not desirable weed smoke i would never smoke this crap
2: Uh, It does not surprise me. It's just sitting there. Do you really think this is a priority for them to move along?
1: Well, as far as much as the DCC is concerned, as far as how we have to maintain our trash and everything else like that, yes, I would say that I'm extremely surprised that that, that law enforcement is allowing for this van just to stay with the doors open in the back seat with all of this hazardous waste in the back, and they're not doing anything about it.
2: Okay, well, Maybe why we don't you call van up van Nicole Elliott and see if they will get out their private security force that is going to go around enforcing all this to throw away the van? So Who? You get on that? Nicole Elliott.
1: Nicole Elliott? You, know, you want me to send her a tweet?
2: My point is that there is nobody to c- take care of this stuff. Nobody to care. I don't care what y'all say about how much the DCC cares. They don't. They don't care. The police don't care. They like nobody to act cares. like they do. Move along. Yeah. There's nothing to see here. I
1: don't Move know. Along. I wonder. I wonder if Mr. Benson, he says this is a good example of Santa Rosa, and I just wonder if they're going to pull up to that intersection and extract all the weed out of there.
4: No. Moving along.
1: Uh, Moving along. Moving. Moving along. All right, we're going to go to ad. We're going to put it back. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a second. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at
0: omarfigueroa.com. Oh, mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, you guys. The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown at 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those. Of Hyatt 9 News or its audience or its advertisers, the statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And maybe you should pull up to Santa Rosa and grab some of this free weed out of the van. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the DAB. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE Pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated Well, coming up next, she's a little purple-haired princess. She's a cannabis patient, a plant medicine advocate, and she's also the founder of Purple Plant Magic and a national ambassador for Black Buddha Cannabis. You can also find her on every Wednesday on the Encyclopedia on Power 88 in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. It is none other than the Nicole Buffon. (laughs)
4: Okay. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Jason. So animated. All right. Today, folks, my story comes out of South Africa. You know how I like to do it. Um, Cannabis industry plans for South Africa have stalled. How to get them moving again. Um, South African president Cyril Ramfosa recently reiterated plans to accelerate the commercialization of hemp as well as cannabis plants. His speech setting out government's priorities for 2023 was a reminder of a pledge in 2022. Also in his State of the Nation address that the government would mobilize investment in the hemp and cannabis sectors. In his speech, the president indicated that government is in the process of addressing the conditions for the growth of the cannabis sector, particularly for rural farmers. The Department of Agriculture, Land Reform, and Rural Development, and the Department of Health are working closely to address the existing conditions for growing hemp and cannabis to enable outdoor cultivation and harvesting by rural farmers. Currently, farmers who have licenses grow their hemp and cannabis indoors under controlled conditions. The commercialization will allow them to to farm outdoors on a larger scale. Um, This is very exciting. The industry has the potential to create jobs, alleviate poverty, and help reduce the extreme inequality in South Africa. One estimate is that the sector has the potential to create more than 130,000 new jobs. The opportunity to commercialize this industry is that it is a new, fast-growing, multi-billion-dollar sector with local international markets. First, that the government fails Um, there are challenges. Um, First, the government fails to implement changes needed to ensure the sector grows in a way that benefits township and rural entrepreneur farmers. The second is that from mid-2022, small-scale farmers farm cannabis promised to be issued with licenses to farm legally. However, some farmers in the rural areas of the eastern community are still waiting. Um, The way forward Firstly, the presidency must reinstate the cannabis master plan, working groups and work streams. They must be allowed to finalize the review and revision of the current master plan. The revised master plan should enable that the inclusion of township entrepreneurs and rural farmers. The wheel should not be reinvented, neither time and effort be wasted. Um, investments in the hemp and cannabis sector should only be implemented once the master plan has been reviewed and revised. Um, And lastly, they say a monitoring and evaluation committee needs to be set up to look after the hemp and cannabis project implementation. It should be set up in the same way as the working groups were formed with representatives from all interested players. Um, It's interesting that some of these suggestions are coming out of, um, uh, I've seen different states set this up in the same way with work groups and work sessions. They're doing it right now in Las Vegas with consumption lounges. Um, We're introducing a new machine here And so there's gonna be a work group that's gonna be put together to discuss what that looks like for consuming or combustion inside. So this is just interesting, um, seeing this more structure come out of South Africa, but he's just kicking the can down the road. Cause like this article says, he said it in 2022, he's saying it again in 2023 and nothing has progressed in the last year. Um, So it's just interesting to watch this space. Uh, I know for a fact, that um, the hemp farmers that are licensed, the majority of hemp farmers that are licensed in South Africa, guess what? No surprise, are the white citizens of South Africa and not the black or the colored. Um, I thought that was an interesting fact as well. Uh, but this is Nicole Bufong reporting from Hyatt 9 News. I'd love to hear what my correspondents think about this story.
1: Nicole, did we, did we find out what Elon Musk thinks about all this?
4: I don't care what Elon Musk thinks about all of this. He would He's probably one of the people that's, that is funding um, some of these white farmers that are in South Africa, and none of the Black are colored. Um, another thing about South Africa, which is very interesting, uh, you are either white, colored, or Black. Um, they still have a, a name for people who are of lighter skin in Africa, believe it or not. So... There's
0: that. And colored is the appropriate term?
4: Yes, it is. Um, It means that you're mixed and not black, all black. It's it's weird and it blows my mind, but it it is what it is.
0: It's very Archie Bunker-ish, don't you think?
4: Yes, it is. (laughs) A question for you, Nicole. Say it again. I have a question for you. Yes. Uh,
2: Would you consider South Africa as corrupt as other countries? countries in Africa where we've seen things going slow on the uh oh absolutely
4: absolutely all of them same it is the same business um all over the continent unfortunately um you don't really see too many countries where elected officials are not somehow in the pockets of somebody and it's almost blatant um of of who they're in the pockets of Uh, a lot of it is other countries like China um but all of a, a lot of it corporations um wanted to use the the labor there and the mm-hmm. land of course
1: this is this is fascinating i mean yep. south africa is they they they've had uh, so many problems throughout the years and it also too is one of the most um developed countries in africa is this is correct nicole
4: yes it is absolutely yeah, I
1: mean, you, you can go to South Africa and still feel like you're in the U.S. to some degree.
4: Johannesburg, Cape Town, all the, you know, it's got some thriving urban uh, city areas. Uh, I have a colleague right is in South Africa uh, working with Akem, uh, Dr. Kaya. Uh, I heard she used to be on, on the show. But she is um, actively working and, and you know, kind of seeing what is happening on the ground there. Um, and that's how I know that the most of the people who are growing in South Africa um, are are the white are white people, white license owners or white landowners.
0: This is- In this the is campus great. and hemp space. And they're getting their
4: genetics from Germany, from Europe, not using the genetics local to South Africa, which is such a shame. It's so such a shame.
1: They're basically growing
3: Canadian booth. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Exactly.
3: right so that's where it doesn't make any their... sense I'm, I mean I don't know about that I think that what happened was they went and you know caught, like took those plants back to Europe and bred with them and still have those probably you know land race genetics there potentially but I don't know where they're getting them from that's like we we, we can't say for sure but um you know that's been happening forever you know I mean uh uh strange the, the laws set up. So they have yeah, to I have mean, a
4: certain amount of THC in this in the seed and the genetics. And so that's mm-hmm. why they're not using local genetics interesting. And, and demanding interesting, that you have to bring in genetics from another country that meet those requirements.
3: Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, there's a, a, a lot of countries just adjacent to that too, Lesotho and other places that are that are doing stuff like this. And uh, it's it, it, Africa is interesting. It's also like breaking apart. Or something, I was watching this thing. It's crazy. So South Africa might be its own island soon. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, over like here,
1: <laughs> oh, over here in the uh in the uh clubhouse chat, Uwe is like it's colonization. South Africa has notoriously been fair, apartheid. Come on, why are we so ignorant to the consequences of colonialism? Like it didn't happen to America. When, he, when we split.
4: Well, according to Florida, it didn't happen to America. According to what they're teaching kids in school,
1: Florida is probably one of the last beacons of freedom in the United States of America. Oh, please.
4: Fuck that. Jason <laughs> Beck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Florida really is its own country. Please. Like, it's. the the way that it's going it doesn't even make any sense how are you how are you going to tell the rosa Parks story and not include the fact that she that it was because of the laws like Mm -hmm. the racism that was involved in her entire story it doesn't make any sense how do you tell american history and don't tell the truth it doesn't and and they
3: have their own mascot florida man i mean you know like that that's like a race of people actually i think that's like its own situation you think
1: florida man is a race of people
3: it, i think so i think that there are yes i think so i mean it was a joke obviously but i'm like yeah i mean like if florida sure. does some crazy shit that nobody else in the world does i mean it's always right. in florida i don't i don't believe that i think 100 percent. you know just by reading the headline it's no 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 no, no no, no, hold
1: on i think people do all kinds of this crazy shit all over the place it just so happens that people cover it and make it news in florida oh,
3: nah. Nah, 100%. not in today's age, bro. Not in today's 100%. age. Everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone's bro. got a cell phone. Everyone can That's like you crazy know, shit that happens in video.
1: California every day. And none of
3: Florida's crazier. Florida's crazier, I think. How I'm
1: not, how about all people-
2: that crazy shit happening in South Africa? Why don't we get back on to that? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Good lord. <laughs> well, all. I What's appreciate
4: that? y'all your comments yeah. for this story.
1: We, we, we try, Nicole. We try. I, I do want to see like some amazing things come out of Africa. I mean, o- overall, I mean, there's there's so many resources there. There's so many uh, natural land race strains there, and I'm I'm willing to bet that there's a number of strains out there that are probably extremely high in a lot of the compounds that have medical value within cannabis, not as much grown out here in the U S. That's right. That's right. Jason, I cannot wait to see the
4: land races actually thrive in the, in the, in the continent that it comes from that is indigenous to this plant. And so working hard with, with teams on the ground, with my organizations, Achem. shout out to my Achem family. That's association of cannabis health equity and medicine. Follow us, support us, but we're working on some things on the continent and, and throughout the Caribbean that really emphasize how important it is for them to tap into their land, race, genetics that are local to their country. Um, mm-hmm. Because that is where the true value is going to be using those plants to extract medicine that can cure HIV, that can, you won't even get COVID <laughs> because of the CBDA and CBGA um, a potency of these these unique um, strains. And i am let Pfizer
3: hear you say that. And the varins too, exactly. the the <laughs> cannabis can too, the THCV, CBDV, all know, of it, all dominance of in it. a lot yeah. of that. that's like Dur- Durban. The, the, the Durban the poison, you know, the Durban poison is you know purported to have a lot of THCV or more of a percentage of THCV exactly. than other other yeah. chemo bars, but that is because of where it comes from and like the you know the the you know the latitude environment. and longitude of where it comes from sure exactly um,
4: it's all about growing there just like Jamaica yeah. when I covered that story you can't grow Jamaican cannabis in Canada and then sell it back to the Jamaicans come
3: on <laughs> How yeah, yeah. does
4: that make
3: but but it's it's like that's any laws off the
1: gas none of
3: this shit's going to make any sense it's going to be because people like make deals and you know uh, under certain circumstances that's how that's how it is and uh you know get ready for that because it's just exploitation on exploitation for africa in general so right. not just in south africa all over, all um, over the but continent. you know it's right. uh, it, this is the, this has been this has been the thing you know Um, For years, like they've been moving to this and a lot of other countries are competing there and that like uh, on that field and it's like kind of crazy. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, China, you said like China's, you know, you know, probably doing a lot of investment. It's true. Um, You know, they just brokered, they're brokering peace with Iran and Saudi Arabia right now to like just, you know, continue the future of oil. Yep. Well, it's not influence; just influence. It's oil, right? It's like Iran has all the oil because Saudi's running out, but they have all the refineries. What so. they
1: want, what China ultimately wants, is for them to be able to purchase fuel with their own currency and not the U.S.
3: dollar.
2: What I would yeah, that's, love that's, is for that's us to actually stay on topic. What's
3: our next? Story? Why <laughs> we're <laughs> still we're <laughs> now? What's the fun <laughs> in Gretchen. that? What's the fun in that? Gretchen, ben we're stoners. Like, come on, Gretchen. <laughs> Gretchen <laughs> keeps on rolling up the set <laughs> rabbit <laughs> hole. It's <commercial? laughs> <He's laughs> time
4: for a commercial.
1: Yeah, we got Mon's, we got Mon's one more. Let's go to commercial. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh yeah coming up next it's the man with a lab that's right it's not a hash making lab it's your testing lab that's right he's the founder of digipath labs and the voice of the national marijuana news network that's right it is you're gonna think his name is fake but his name is actually real it is the man mr todd Dankin,
0: and the crowd goes wild Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you, Jay. Well, my story today comes from the Montana Free Press. It's about a Senate bill that will eliminate adult use marijuana dispensaries in Montana. On Friday, Senator Keith Regeer, who's a Republican from Kalispell, introduced a bill to dismantle the adult use cannabis industry in Montana. Senate Bill 546 contains several provisions that would drastically alter the state's marijuana marketplace. Primarily, it focuses on eliminating adult-use dispensaries. The bill additionally raises the state tax on medical marijuana from 4% to 20%, that makes sense, and puts significant limits on medical marijuana potency and allowable amounts for possession. While the bill prohibits non-medical marijuana sales, it does not recriminalize marijuana possession for adults, and it also halves the number of plants an adult can grow at home from two mature plants to one. According to the bill, SB 546 intends in part to reduce the demand for marijuana sales in Montana. The bill currently does not have any co sponsors. Shocking. Senator Jason Small, another Republican from Busby, Montana, and he is the chair of the Senate Business, Labor, and Economic Affairs Committee, confirmed to the Montana Free Press Monday that his committee will hold a hearing on SB 546 tomorrow. That's Wednesday, March 29th. As a press time, Regeer has not responded to multiple requests for comment. If passed into law, the bill would drastically reduce the potential consumer base for existing marijuana businesses and eliminate a significant source of revenue for state coffers. Since adult-use sales began in January of 2022, Montana has generated $54 million in tax revenue from the industry. Less than one-tenth of that revenue came from medical marijuana sales taxes. And currently, recreational customers pay a 20% tax to the state, and in some counties, they add an additional 3% local tax. Based on the same sales data, the industry under SB 546 would have only generated less than half as much tax revenue in that time period of $20,926,000. Zach Block, the owner of Montana Canna, a dispensary in Kalispell, said, if SB 546 passes, it would render the entire cannabis program worthless, not only for operators, but also for consumers and patients in the state. You'd be delivering a subpar product to a small group of people, and you're ignoring the majority of the worthy demographic. As of press time Monday morning, the State Department of Revenue, which administers both the adult use and medical marijuana programs in Montana, had not responded to a request for comment. Seems nobody wants to comment on this because it's so stupid. SB 546 also caps potency for marijuana flour sold under the medical program. Current laws, uh, Current law prohibits the sale of marijuana, Uh, Flour that contains more than 35% THC, which, of course, is the primary active compound in the plant. SB 546 would lower that ceiling to 10% THC in all flour. It also halves the amount of permissible THC in edible products from 10 milligrams of THC to 5 milligrams and dictates that concentrated marijuana extracts contain no more than 10% THC. The bill also drastically lowers the amount of marijuana that a medical patient can purchase from five ounces per month or its equivalent in other forms, uh, such as edibles and tinctures, to a single ounce per month. I don't think that's enough for anybody on this webcast right now. Block of Montana, Canna, also said that those caps would render medical marijuana less capable of addressing patients' needs. A cap on potency would take our collection of effective products and diminish them into something unrecognizable and not necessarily sufficient to consumers and patients. Uh, once again, a red guy trying to destroy what's been built up in Montana, which is a thriving uh, marijuana industry. I'm Todd Danken with High at Nine News. Uh, Jason, how do you respond? This guy cannot call himself a Republican,
1: in my opinion. This guy is (laughs) an undercover Democrat in the disguise of a Republican because we all know Democrats love to overtax and overregulate, and that is what is exactly what you explained in this bill, Todd. So this guy needs to turn in his R for a D, and the Republican (laughs) Party needs to totally reject him because he's all about overtaxation without representation and overregulation all in the sake of... Of protecting the children,
0: it seems as <laughs> if he's just trying to ruin the marijuana industry as a whole. You know, but, I, I think I, he needs so to go whose back. Whose he
4: in, a Pharmaceutical he, company. He needs, to, he needs to
0: go back
1: to his roots of, of Republican core values, which is which are uh, less tax, less government regulation, and he needs to focus on those core values before he comes out with another
0: bill.
4: And so, and so when when these. When these senators present bills like this, uh, don't they have to have other people, like other like co-sponsors of the bill, like somebody else that no. is in agreement with this sh- bullshit? No,
1: no. You can introduce yeah. any any type of bill that you want as being a member, but whether or not you're able to garner support for it and get co-sponsors, that's on your own accord.
0: Yeah, this bill does not currently have any co-sponsors. Yeah, so, uh, another yeah, right. Republican no bandwagon. Four million dollars.
2: Todd. Uh, in yep. the story, is there anything that actually gives his reasoning behind trying to kill the adult use market?
0: He really has no reason other than this is what he is proposing. Um, it's interesting. I wonder what his reasons are. But like Nicole said, he's probably in somebody's pocket, you know, who is uh, opposing the, uh, the industry as a whole. Uh, but it does not mention that, no.
1: He's definitely not about freedom and liberty if he's trying to restrict by THC percentage, because we all know it's fake numbers, and none of these testing machines are given appropriate numbers even in the first place. He only wants boof pot in uh, in Montana. You well, might well—that's where they have a thriving hemp market, <laughs> right?
2: Well, this is not the first sign of trouble Montana's had before, um, so. I'm trying to determine what is the issue with Montana. I mean, they legalized at one point, they got it taken back in the courts, and they brought it back again. Um, clearly, Montana is a little torn here. At least their lawmakers on mm-hmm. uh, on how cannabis should be moving forward there. Um,
0: yeah, now that John Dutton's the governor, I think uh, he should just handle things. <laughs> is that it? Yes. Well, you know,
1: one of our one of our uh, audience members is actually from Montana, and he says, "Guarantee, it's Steve." zababwa from billings and so jesse barney i hope you can elaborate a little bit more oh there we go he owns a big car dealership and has been the biggest enemy of montana weed since the beginning
3: so yeah you're... but but montana as we know grew literally like the third most weed in the country uh the third uh, was a state that grew the third most amount of like cannabis oh, my, when the bill was
1: enacted they were the number one state Number one. And
3: and, and they did a lot of hemp and then they also did a lot of cannabis. And I think that just like everything in those types of states where the politics are are uh, so thick and and, uh, kind of muddy in some areas is those guys are going to like protect, you know, their their little situation that they're carving out and they're going to keep everybody out of it. And of course, they have those, you know, representatives, uh, you know, in the pocket, so to speak, especially in those areas, because farmers rule. And so if you have if you're a big landowner or potentially like a card dealership owner whatever you know that that you have some pull in those uh circles and you're getting some you know you're getting some of uh, that revenue potentially it's all money i mean we already know that but um you know politics is it, we're we're ripe with controversy here in california too uh, as we all know so it's it's just what it is part of the whole game you're bringing in a whole new industry of course you're going to have to uh rub elbows you know as as jason calls it you know just being being the the man on the hill and you're gonna have to we also call that out. the
1: highest republicans come on according oh to-
3: that's right the highest republican definitely the highest definitely the highest
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh he jesse also says that steve is in bed with big pharma which is no surprise no surprise at all But, um, this guy, seriously, you cannot call yourself a conservative or a Republican if you're advocating from going from a 4% tax to a 20% tax. I'm just sorry. You need to turn in the towel. And I think that the RNC should probably, um, reject your application next time. (laughs) Agreed. Why are you shaking your head, Gretchen?
2: I mean, I think there are arguments that could be made that he does not have to give away his Republican card. Uh. (laughs) Simply <laughs> because he uh, is casting the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would like to understand more what is going through this man's head. I would I would just love a reason. To, um, you'd, you'd like
1: to, to know what's, what's going on in about. his head? Well, I bet you it's Big Pharma. And he doesn't have any normal cannabis people talking to him. Um, I happen to have a good friend out there I'm going to reach out to him in Montana who deals with a lot of Montana politics. I'm going to reach out to him and ask him what's really going on out there. See if we can offer some leverage. But we're going to keep this show going. Oh, and I do want to remind everybody, please make sure that you go over to our website today. There's an article that we just posted up there. All right. Um, It is a brand new piece on interstate commerce authored by yours truly. And it's titled, Let's Talk About the Interstate Cannabis Commerce Update. And so I encourage everyone to go over there. Read it, high at 9 newscom You can spell it out or just make it a number, however you want to make the nine. We totally let you choose whichever way you want to go with that. All right, but now coming up next and landing this plane, that's right, it is Saman Rizzani. Saman is a formulation formulator who loves to grow cannabis and design facilities, but he also likes to remind women Menopause, How to Say Hello Again. That's right, it is other than
3: me, the Mon Ah, yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much, all of our uh, fans out there. I got a hot story out of our uh, favorite state of the moment, New York, New York in the news. New York's first licensed cannabis store owned by a woman will be rolling up joints in Queens starting Thursday. Shout out to all the homies in uh, in Jamaica, Queens out there. The pop-up dispensary at 16203 Jamaica Ave will be called Good Grades and run by owner Ecstasy James, Governor Kathy Hochul's office said Monday. It's also the first licensed cannabis shop to open in Queens. We are incredibly passionate about providing great great access to cannabis and breaking down the, the barriers that prevent so many people, especially those from marginalized communities, from experiencing the benefits of this amazing plant, James said in a statement. We understand firsthand the stigma that has been attached to cannabis for for far too long, and we are eager to join the thriving cannabis community to help change that. Our dispensary is a welcoming and inclusive space where anyone can come to learn, explore, and find the products that are best suited for their unique needs. James will operate her family-owned business with her cousin, Michael James, a Jamaica Queens native and lawyer. The pot store will officially open business Thursday at 2 p.m. Good Grades is opening with support from the State Dormitory Authority and New York State Social Equity Cannabis Investment Fund. With the opening of Good Grades in Queens, we're continuing to build on a progress to create a safe, regulated cannabis industry in New York, Hochul said in the statement. New York is working to support entrepreneurs and ensure that consumers can purchase safe, legal products while supporting their communities. Queensboro President Donovan Richards praised the legalization of marijuana as crucial to the economic puzzle. The rollout of licensed cannabis shops since Albany legalized the recreational sale of marijuana two years ago has been slow and rocky, allowing an illicit market to flourish because the law did not adequately address enforcement. Mayor Eric Adams and the city's law enforcement now estimate that as many as 1,700 unlicensed uh, dealers are selling cannabis at brick-and-mortar stores in broad daylight, while just a handful of uh, state-licensed dealers are open for business. The black market dealers are so brazen and unafraid that one unlicensed cannabis operator was even selling weed products right across from City Hall. It was closed, then reopened, and then closed again. HoChul pitched legislation last week to stiffen fines against unlicensed weed dealers and make it easier to, easier for shops. There's a strong possibility the tougher penalties will be including. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a strong possibility the tougher penalties will be included in the new state budget uh, due Saturday, April first. Queensboro President Donovan Richards was excited that the weed revolution has finally arrived in the world in the world's borough. He said entrepreneurs can now sell cannabis legally instead of being prosecuted. What was once a tool used to target communities of color is finally a crucial and legal piece in a, in our economic puzzle that will create jobs, wealth and opportunities to the same communities. Richard said in a statement, um, you know, this, uh, this story is interesting. Uh, um, I think the story is great, but the way they wrote it was very interesting and telling this was like in the New York post. So, um, you know, they're calling these people dealers still, you know, they're, they're, continuing the pejoratives that have just plagued the community so it's like you know the press isn't really helping the the situation there I don't think but um, an interesting story nonetheless I love that uh you know woman-owned business is opening and uh, they're gonna they're gonna do their thing and I'm very happy to hear that uh, my my fellow humanoids on this on this show and in our audience what do you all think about this
1: I mean Samon. You're really excited about this store?
3: I, I think it's great. It's a woman owned store, man. You got to applaud that. You got to say, hey, look, that's great. That's a, first of all, it takes a lot of courage, you know, for a minority woman to own a business like that when there's not a lot of businesses. So, you know, so kudos to her. But yeah, I'm excited about that. That's cool. I support women businesses. Uh, I'm partnered with a women owned business. And, uh, you know, we support it all day because, you you just you just you know can't you can't leave out the fact that no. you know You're women right. have been marginalized in our in our industry and in our communities and our society for so long. So you know I was raised by a woman. Um I'm a girl dad, you know, like uh you know future is female man. Oh what that's right. Have- and oh, the plant is
4: female or the one that we like so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love girls. Um, I, oh yeah, I'm sure. I think that this is this is good um i I, i'm looking to see how new york supports the social equity applicants or license winners um i shout out to nicole i can't think of her last name right now but she's a farmer in new york that uh received a cannabis license to grow cannabis she was a hemp grower um sister out there that i met last year um during mj impact and so i think that this I just want to see, because I know there's supposed to be a fund that's supposed to be helping these social equity um, applicants as well. And that's something that's a little bit different than what everybody else has done and how they've done it. So we're just waiting and seeing. But, I, I mean, I like to hear it. I love to hear it. Let's, I want to see more like this, but I also want to see how they plan on to, with everything that is required to, to open up shop.
3: I we'll mean, we know they- that we know that they're going to fail on that, Nicole. But yeah, absolutely. Like you know, I, 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 mean, I mean, we already know. We've already seen that story. I don't. I want to give them. I
4: want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I I, I like what I hear. But I but like that's why I we're hear. telling
3: the story, though. That's why we're telling the story because it's not up to the government. Right. It's up to the community to uplift and support, support those them. business that's owners, right. and, and that's, and that's right. the reality. So so yeah. again, it's not just about always women or whatever. But it's like for real. Like if you're doing. If you're doing some stuff, it's going to be tough. We know it's tough. Just everybody gather around those people and lift them up. You know, obviously, if they're good people, if they're, you know, if, they, if, if it's like something that, like, you know, is, is, you know, we don't want to, like, support the wrong people, but we want to support the entrepreneurs, the small businesses, the people that are struggling out there to make it. That's who, that's who I want to support. I shouldn't speak for everybody, but that's who I want to support.
4: Absolutely. That's who I support. I, I look it up as soon as I get to the city. Um, you know, I do the same thing with my food and restaurants. I'm always looking yep. for the local spots. I'm always making sure that I'm supporting locally when I go to that place. And it's important. It really is. Um, and it. I'll go out of my way to support a locally owned business. Um, than rather than convenience.
3: Uh, there's just Thank something you to you it. Come help on, man. No, no
1: no. oh, go, go ahead, Gretchen. Go ahead. Gretchen's been waiting to talk.
2: I think that one thing that we are totally missing in this conversation is that this is the first dispensary that is supported by DASNI, by the state. This is social equity. This is the first one that they have actually put all these resources behind that the dormitory we've been waiting on to actually go out there and help somebody open a shop is happening. So to me, that's the bigger point of this story. Not that it's a woman owned business or whatever, but this is one of the this is the first one that the state's social equity provision, the DASNY, is going to... So that, she, got, she
1: got some money from that fund from the that they, they didn't raise back. all the money for?
2: I don't know if they're getting the money from the fund, but yes, this is the first one, uh, which DASNY... Under that program. Yes, under that program. This is the
4: first
1: one. And where, where where does that program get its funding from then, Gretchen?
2: The money is the money is coming from the different. fund. However, I do not know uh, if it actually did. So they
1: probably have squandered taxpayer funds to pay for this
2: okay now taxpayer funds are not what's funding the the fund uh jason back you love to throw around taxpayer dollars like everything comes taxpayer dollars you're an idiot
1: uh-huh. uh no uh-huh. uh, Where
2: private the- investors are supposed to be taking care of the fund uh that is by what's his name um
1: michael bloomberg
2: no michigan basketball player
1: michigan basketball player
2: he was in the scandal, Michigan, back in the day. Follow, follow, the IRA. Come on, you know who this is. You know
1: that I don't follow basketball like that. Anyway, he was the
2: one who was brought in with his fund to raise the money. Uh Chris Weber.
1: Okay. Ooh. I know I know who you're talking about. Yes, uh, yes. So, so Chris Weber funded this business. How come it doesn't he didn't make any money make- the
2: business? I'm saying his investment firm was the one brought in to raise the funds for the New York program.
1: So, like I said, Chris Weber, how come they didn't mention any of that in this story?
2: Well, because they're not as interested as I am it. when it comes to the New York market. What do you I <laughs> the New York Post didn't call me.
1: I'm just saying. They should have. You're saying
2: them. I could tell them a lot about what's going on in New York, but nobody asked me.
1: We always ask you, Gretchen. We always we always listen for, for your. Opinion. She's the ears
4: on the ground. That's right. Oh, she knows what's happening. Boy. I got, I got ears dope. everywhere. Big ears.
1: I bet. I bet she got her ears to the street, she got her dog's ears, her dog's got supersonic hearing. I'm surprised mm-hmm. to in the way when she
2: pajamas, they hear those pajamas.: more, They can hear it, and they love it all. They do not love that Stop they it. Love
1: their stop. They love the pajamas the Don't talk stop.
2: about my baby's pajamas.:
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do wish them the best and wish them, wish them the most success. But the reality is is, do it Gretchen, since you know so much about New York, how yeah. much revenue? Has the New York stores done in like the first or second month, or you know, maybe even the first quarter? How much revenue have those stores done? It's two soon to say,
2: Jason. Those numbers are not in <laughs> yet, but I will be happy to you when they are actually reported. Come on, it is please. the
0: illegal dispensaries making all the money these days.
1: I that, that that's now that, I'm that Todd, that's what exactly what I'm going into as my point. There actually leads people nothing. No type of enforcement to help these markets succeed.
2: What would you prefer that they do? What would you like?
1: Yes, I mean, do you want
2: them to go in and just start sweeping the street corners because everyone knows they don't want that to happen. They well, try I mean, fining them, yeah. and the fines are a joke. The fines are two hundred fifty dollars.
1: Hold, hold on, hold on. Point of that? Why is why is, why is uh, Benson saying three hundred and twenty-eight dollars? Do they add something to make you to let you process it? That in the in the. I don't.
2: I don't know what Benson is referring to. But I do know that it's 1 o'clock and time to wrap it up. And a final yeah. thought from Lawrence and Gailey. Dog pajamas are essential. So I'm starting a new line. That'll be my next business. <laughs> line of
3: dog, dog essentials. I bet. Dog essentials.
1: I bet. I bet. Oh, man. I know where she's getting the money from to start her whole new business. Mm-hmm. I know the, I know the funders. Charging
3: Jason for the data collection. Yeah.
1: Thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for always tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent-free inside of your head. I think I'm actually going to open up a trap shop free inside of your head just because... Why not? There's no enforcement in your head. And huge thank you to True Classic, iSpire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC, and a whole bunch more. Thank you all to our correspondents for being truly amazing, and thank you to Cannabis for giving us a reason to do this on the regular. Thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and of course, Zaza Simone Brown, holding it down in Clubhouse. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. America's number one daily cannabis news show.